podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Here's a little Anfield wrap special for you. Every week we talk to supporters of different clubs. We do it on a Monday and it's our coach home strand and we talk about the games, that what's going on at their gaff and what went on over the weekend. And it's a lovely show that I do with John Gibbons, Neil Atkinson here and we have this lovely chat and I really enjoy it. And you get to find out what's happening across the country and it really sort of widens what's going on. And then on a Thursday slash Friday, we do the Friday show, we record it on a Thursday. It normally comes out Thursday night, but it's so people can listen to it on Friday. And that sort of gets the insight from three or four different supporters before the weekend's games. And we try to mix it up and go to different parts Sometimes it's at the top, sometimes it's at the bottom. And today we uh, on the coach show, and we recorded this fantastic conversation with Dan Hewitt. Uh, and Dan supports West Bromwich Albion. Uh, you might know him from ITN, but he actually obviously has another life outside of that. And he supports West Bromwich Albion. And we talked to him about Tony Pulis being sacked. And we had such a great time. We thought, you know what, we'll put this out for people so that everyone can listen and Dan can share it and everyone can share it because this is what we love to do. And the reason why we love to do this is because whilst we obviously love Liverpool, we love other football. And I'll say the thing I always say that if you subscribe to the Anfield app, you don't have to listen to all the shows. You're don't that's not what it's about and it's not some sort of completest thing but we do think that these shows of other sides you know it gets supporters talking and not supporters ranting and raving in a 606 sort of way but supporters talking as they do as they would do in the boozers as they would do on their own coaches home from games so this was dan it was an absolute joy and uh we'll, we'll I'll be back in a bit and to tell you that hopefully you enjoyed it Yep, over now to speak to Dan, to Dan Hewitt. Dan, I sort of feel like like for me, the first time I had an awareness that the writing could be on the wall for Tony Pulis was when you said, as far as you're concerned, the writing could be on the wall for Tony Pulis. I feel like, you know, he's when he lost you, he lost he lost everyone. Do you think that's fair? Uh, yeah, I think it is fair. Um I think I I I think it's fair to say I think that the majority of fans um did support him and appreciate the work he'd done. Um, right up until about three weeks ago when the minority became the majority. And I think uh, you stop winning games, it's a results business. It's nothing to do with the style of play or him as a dinosaur or any of that. It's a traditional, old-fashioned, sacking a manager who stopped winning games. And we've won two games in 21. Um, And when Tony Pulis' teams can't defend anymore... The question really you have to ask yourself is what is the point in Tony Pulis? Because um, that's what he is. He's a manager who comes in. He, as I've said to you on this program many times before, he comes in and he gets the best out of poor players and he defends and he stops conceding and you try and hit the odd goal and you win games. Well, we stop winning, we stop scoring, and we've been conceding three, four, five uh, against teams we shouldn't be. So I think in the end it was the right decision. Sadly, I don't think it's a good day. I'm not one of these fans who's celebrating. I think those fans are stupid to do that because I think we're a really, really precarious position now I'm very worried about the future but ultimately sadly I think it was the right thing to do the new manager's got people to work with though hasn't he and um, we've spoken before about uh, the how that you you, you your transfer deadline, your transfer window, sorry, kind of finished pretty well. And it looks to me like there's there's, there's, there's the basis of a good squad there and that, and that should attract a decent manager, you would have thought. Maybe. I mean, there's two schools of thought here and I'm not really sure where, where I sit. On the one hand, I think I said again on this programme, we've, we've, we've had a very successful summer window, the best we've had in a long time. Uh, Gareth Barry, Kieran Gibbs, Krakowiak, Jerry Rodriguez, Agazi. Um, Oliver Burke, who's been injured, but a, a good signing. So on paper, yes. Um, but very few of those players have, have really, apart from Gareth Barry and Kieran Gibbs, very few of those players have done anything on the Pulis. So the question really is, is it a case of these are good players that Pulis wasn't getting the most out of, which I think most fans would probably say that's probably the case. Or I have a, sus- a suspicion um, that those players may not actually be up to the billing. And uh, Jay Rodriguez hasn't 
recovered, I don't think, at all from his injury. Clearly, isn't the goal scorer we thought he was. Rondon, I don't think, is any good. Um, Krakowiak, I mean, God, I don't know why he, he was held in such high regard because he's not done much at all at West Brom. Um, and I just have a really negative <laughs> suspicion that this this squad has a kind of sniff of doom about it. You know, you get a club that's been in the Premier League five or six years in a row and then suddenly you have a window where they bring in lots of good players and you think that's the season they're going to kind of kick on and actually the opposite happens. Yeah. And the players that they've stuck by, your Brunts and your Morrisons and your Jacobs, and you kind of, you think you can replace them with better players and you actually find that replacing those kind of players is actually very difficult to do. And I've got a sort of sneaking suspicion that what we're going to see is a manager come in and, and <laughs> struggle to get the best out of them. I really hope that's not the case. And I may be wrong, and I really hope I'm wrong. But I've got this kind of sneaking suspicion that this squad looks a lot better on paper than it actually is. And it, 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 the, 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 the jigsaw doesn't fit. They're not gelling particularly well. And a manager will struggle to drop big-name players, but at the same time, he'll struggle to know how to play them and what system to play them in. And ultimately, just finally on this point, the one thing we are missing is a goal scorer. You can dress it up however you want. I literally just noted like that name. down. That was my next question. <laughs> we, we haven't got... Well, sorry to take away your question. It's fine. But honestly, honestly, that is our problem. We, we, I don't know where the... Regardless who the manager is, I don't know where the goals are coming from. That's my biggest worry. Yeah, I mean, that's I, I, question anyway. No, 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 that, that was my question because, and I'll give you the same answer. No, no, I, but I, I was sort of expanded a little bit because I was. I, there's sort of if, if you take a pound for pound point of view, there's every chance you can you can argue that West Brom and Southampton, and I'm talking a lot about Southampton this week, but I've just watched them. That West Brom and Southampton have quite similar squads, but both yeah. I think I'm looking at both of these sides and I'm thinking, not only is there not a clear goal scorer. But there's not a freakishly outlandish player in the front sort of four. And what I mean by that is, I'll use Andy Carroll as an example. Andy, the thing about Andy Carroll is, you know what Andy Carroll does. So he's got all of his Andy Carrollness, and you can, if you could stay fit, you could say, well, you can build something around that and look to pick up, pick up bits and do 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 ugly things. But you've got a bit of a, you know, you've got something that's a little bit freakish in there. And I actually think that the, you know, so Chris Wood is a good example at Burnley of someone. Vokes, Wood and Vokes at Burnley are very good examples of football. Who were difficult to deal with? Gray, who's gone to Watford, he's got his charms about him. Huddersfield have done all right so far this campaign with quite muscular front men. Um, Vardy at Leicester's got all the pace in the world, is difficult to deal with. Wilson's got the same thing at Bournemouth, and Josh King's got a bit of that as well. My point here is that I'm sort of looking at the minute at a bottom 10, sorry, of a Southampton and downwards in this table, where I think it's quite difficult to talk about any, with the exception of Carroll at West Ham and possibly Benteke at Palace, it's actually quite difficult to talk about the special skill if you know what I mean the weird little thing that someone mm. centre forward does that just helps you play football whether even if it's not directly scoring goals so it's more than just a goal scorer isn't it it's more someone who gives the yeah. purpose for everybody else behind them is that this is how we play it is and I think in, in a way the problem we have of not having an out and out goal scorer is nothing new we probably haven't had an out and out goal scorer for three or four seasons actually and, and what was what was what happened, I think, at West Brom is that Pulis built a team where we scored, as you know, a lot of goals from set pieces. So, I mean, Gareth McCauley was our top goal scorer last season. Yeah. 37-year-old centre-back. Um, so, in a way, it's a, not a new problem. I think well, part of the problem is we've tried... I think people have... As I think the case with Pulis is there's a kind of sell-by date. It happened at Stoke to him. I think it would have happened at Palace as well. Teams start to work out how to play against you. And they start. people start to work out that 
if you're going to concede a goal against West Brom, the likelihood is it will come from a set piece. And we've stopped scoring goals from set pieces, I think partly because none of the players have changed, partly because teams are wise to it. Remember the Rory the lap long throw at Stoke. For that first season, how many goals did Stoke yep. from long throws? Second season, they stopped scoring them because teams knew how to start, worked how to defend against them. But not least, you also stopped giving throw-ins away. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I saw Liverpool put out for a corner against, against... I literally saw Liverpool put out for a corner, a Liverpool player put out for a corner rather than a throw once. Yeah. And, and that, you, you wise up to it. So I think that part... So I don't think the, the lack of a striker for us or any... I mean, I think if you speak to any football fan from City all the way down to, 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 to whoever's bottom at the moment, Palace over the summer and say, what, what areas do you need to improve in? Nine times out of ten, a football fan will tell you, we need a striker. Everyone always yeah. needs a 20-goal-a-season striker. And, and that's what you always need. So I think, in a way, I'm not as, I wouldn't be as concerned about that if it wasn't for the fact that I look, I look at them for the next day, I look at the midfield, <sighs> Gareth Barry, not a goal scorer. Jay Livermore, not a goal scorer. Krykoviak, so far, not a goal scorer. And then you've got Matt Phillips, who's not playing. Chris Brunt, who's getting old. Morrison, who's injured. Chadley, who's not been playing, been playing at that position. And, and then we've stopped scoring from set pieces. And then you start thinking, he's not just a striker, it's where are the goals coming from? Mm. If you're not going to score from set pieces, if, you, if your midfield's full of holding your fielders with no pace, and you've got Rondon up front, who's utterly useless, and you might as well put a traffic cone where he stands. Yeah. You're not you're not going to score goals, and that and that, that will be my worry as a manager coming in. To, to kind of to be slightly more positive, um, I still think there are players in that team that have got ability and pace. And part of the reason why I think we've been losing is because Pulis has just been not been playing them, the likes of Phillips and Oliver Burke when he comes back, um, and, and Chadley down the middle rather than on the wing. And I mean, for me personally, I mean, it's probably not as massively interesting for your listeners to me to talk through the West Brom 11, and I won't do that. But for me, I think Rodriguez needs to have six, seven or eight games down the middle because Rondon isn't the answer. And Rodriguez has come in as a, as a striker and should play as a striker. And I think he deserves to have a kind of seven or eight games down the middle. But it, it comes now down to the type of manager we bring in. For me personally, if, if your next question is who would you want, I'm sure it might be, um, it, <laughs> for me it would be Allardyce. For me, it would be Allardyce. Um, a lot of fans say, well, you're swapping like for like. Um, but at this stage, the irony of the Tony Pulis situation is that Tony Pulis has got us in a situation where practically only Tony Pulis can get us out of it. Um, so we can't, we can't appoint Tony Pulis. So to me, <laughs> <laughs> and Allardyce would probably play Rondon up front. <laughs> almost, almost certainly. And, and so we're kind of back to square one. So I don't know. It's, it's, Maybe if Tony Pulis comes back without the baseball cap. I'm with a wig. No one, no, no, yeah. no, no, no one will notice. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's interesting about Tony Pulis? Any, any, uh, well, many things interesting. If you ask me, but anyway, um, one of the interesting things about Tony Pulis, and it wouldn't have been picked up by by the sort of national media, is that his assistant um, Dave Kemp, who's kind of known for the the guy next to him who always wore shorts in whatever weather it was, whether it was minus five or a Monday night at Goodison, he'd be wearing shorts. Brilliant. He's been with Pulis from the start. He's been Pulis his whole whole managerial career, and over the summer, Kemp. Uh, retired and went to live I think he lived family living in Canada and he's not been with him and Pulis has had his this is Pulis's worst run as a manager yeah. uh, in, in his whole career he's never been sacked before and I think if you're a club that's looking to appoint Pulis in two or three four weeks time because it'll happen another club down there will sack the manager and Pulis Everton. will be his favourite I would <laughs> maybe Everton I would I would I would seriously consider the impact on Pulis coming without his assistant, Dave Kemp, 
because something's not the same at West Brom. Something's changed. And I think if you look at Pulis' career, not having his best mate, the guy who's been with him from the start next to him, I think it might be the, the, yeah, yeah. the thing that's been missing from us. Yeah, I mean, just on that, I mean, you know, the idea that you haven't got someone to bounce ideas off, first and foremost, the person you used to, just on the most basic sort of human level, that would have an impact, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And he's brought in Gary Megson just to kind of do that, and trying to cut from the same cloth in, in lots of ways, the kind of the, the, the sort of buzz and buddies. But clearly that's not really helped. Um, I think the irony with, with, with many, many ways with, with Pulis is that he he had a transfer window where he effectively bought in a bought in a set of players that has cost him his job, i.e. he's bought players in that can't play the way he wants to play. Um, so he's got, he's got himself the sack in many ways. Gareth Barry, Livermore, Krakowiak, those kind of players don't want to play long hoof football. They don't want to defend corners for... Uh, and uh, defend corners and free kicks for, for 90 minutes. They want to play, they want to play football and a pass. And Pulis sort of stuck with them because he brought them in, but had them playing the old-fashioned way, the Claudio Jakob way, uh, ironically keeping Jakob on the bench. So it's kind of odd, really, with Pulis. He, uh, he almost, I feel like he's, he's been the kind of architect of his own downfall, in a way, by bringing in players that he doesn't know how to work with, but insisting on playing them anyway. It's very strange. Just, I mean, you mentioned the, the potential sort of successes. You mentioned Allardyce. Derek McKinns, I noticed, is relatively high in the odds. Michael oh. O'Neill's being mentioned. Um, no. Michael O'Neill's going to be linked with every job now, isn't he? Yeah, he's, that's it oh, now. That's Michael O'Neill's me. future. Um, you, you know. No. Um, he's, if I just list these, are you just going to say no? Chris Wilder. <laughs> Chris Wilder? No. 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 Uh, Gary Megson, permanent? No. <laughs> Nigel Pearson? Yep. No. Martin, don't cry, Dan. Martin O'Neill. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Has he been out of club football for too long? I'm not sure. Okay, Craig, Shakes- Craig Shakespeare. No. Nuno Espirito no, I mean, Santo. This, this, this is the problem. This is the problem. I mean, your name. It's not great, is it? Very, it, it? You know what I mean? Three or four weeks ago, when I was sort of starting to think about maybe a life after Tony Pulis. A life I never thought I'd have to live. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, but um, I, I just kind of go, yeah, I probably should sack him. And then you kind of Google next next West Brom manager, and you think, oh Jesus Christ, there's just nothing. I mean, that's the problem. It's, for me, the obvious choice. Uh, after that, I mean, I don't know. You guys are much closer to this than me. I wouldn't actually be against the idea of Ronald Koeman if he fancied it, because I think he had a pretty good time at Southampton. I think he got something to prove. I think Everton have a kind of, I think Everton have a habit of kind of spitting out managers and making them look worse than they actually are. Um, so I, I don't necessarily think he'd be terrible. Derek McKinnis, absolutely not. Now, I, I don't understand. Tell me, tell me, defend this position. But I, tell, I do not understand this nostalgic yearning of certain football fans who love the idea of a former player coming back to manage them. What is that all about? Why on earth would we appoint someone purely because he played for us 15 years ago? Why would we do that? We brought Brian Robson back 15 years ago. It was useless. <laughs> because he played for West Brom in the 70s, all the fans wanted him. I don't understand. I never, I'll never understand that. I'll never ever understand. The that. idea that he gets the club, knows the place. Yeah. Just, uh, the induction's more straightforward. It's only half a day rather than a full day. <laughs> 
you know what I mean? That's either, isn't it? It's like he knows the he knows the spirit and the mantra of the club. It's like, but it's a football club, do you know what I mean? They've all got a training ground, they've all got a pitch, they've all got the wage structure, they're all, they're all the same. Well, most football clubs are the same. Like, you don't need to understand the culture. The culture of West Brom, what on earth is that? <laughs> what, does that even, what does that even mean? Like, you know, like, do you know what I mean? Like, what, what, what does it want to understand? It's a football, they're a football team, that's it. Right, so you'll take Allardyce, <laughs> throw all that culture in the bin, yeah. take your pots and pans... <laughs> I've always thought if you bring in someone like Guardiola, he'd bring in his players with him, and he'd bring in the coaching staff with him. That's what I. That's what I'd go for. Go for the, go for Guardiola or Wenger, and he'll bring all the good players with him. Then. That's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> stuff your culture. That's, that's the logic. Yeah, that's, uh, that's fantastic stuff as ever. Great to speak to Dan here on uh, on the Coach Home every week. We do this every week, as you know. Um, yeah, I will. Uh, I'll leave, leave Dan. I feel as though he's on a man. He's a man on the verge of a breakdown. Um, and we'll just we'll just let him get on with that. We'll be talking to him throughout the course of the season uh, and with everyone else who's down there as well. It was great to speak to Pete before. It's been a little mini uh, bit of a coach home this week. I hope you've liked it. So there you have it. That was us talking to Dan earlier on. As I say, those stuff, you know, it's it's really good to hear those sorts of voices and to be able to just chat away uh, merrily uh, and have, you know, as I say, it's meant to be an enjoyable experience, this thing of ours, this thing that we go into up and down the country, not just for Liverpool supporters. So I hope you enjoyed that. And, you know, we were pleased to be able to put it out for free. And, you know, one of the things that we're saying at the minute is, listen, this is the best time you could possibly want to come and subscribe to the Anfield Wrap. The games are coming so thick and fast. There's so much excitement in this season. And that's the case right the way up and down the division, to be fair. Everyone's got their own story. Everyone's Everyone's got their own thing going on at the minute and nothing's set in stone and the Reds at the minute, you never know what's going to happen next with us. Hopefully we stay on the march on this great run that we've managed to sort of coalesce out of nothing and then we go from there. So if you have been thinking about it, if you've been contemplating whether or not this is worth you doing, we really think it is. We've got lots of fantastic people who come and speak to us both about Liverpool and about clubs across the across the land. Uh, so if you get the opportunity to do so, you know where we are, theamphieldwrap.com forward slash subscribe and uh, just come and join us. Come and enjoy the rest of this campaign. Sports Social Podcast Network.